everybody to Gospel Tab and at this time. The worship team did a great job. Thank you, guys. Um, for those that don't know me, I am John Weber, and I have been attending Gospel Tab for about six years, and I am a bus driver, and I'm old. Thank you for that one laugh. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this experience. And God, have your way as we dig in to what you've laid on my heart. In your precious name, amen. I grew up in the church. I grew up in the Methodist church in particular. And over the years since then, I've experienced many different views and takes on Christmas. I've heard many messages on Christmas and the Methodist Church was an Advent um, church. We always had Advent candles. And growing up at home, we always had Advent candles at home. We always had an Advent calendar every year. Some years you open it up and there'd be scriptures. Some years we'd open up the Advent candle, calendar every day and it had candy. So, well, which is difficult because there was five of us. There was only one piece of candy, so I don't know how my parents deal, dealt with that, but hey. So we, I, you know, I have a lot of memories of Advent, but when I got saved, I got radically saved, and because we didn't talk about being born again in the Methodist church, we didn't talk about anything but an hour, you know, church was an hour. I remember growing up that uh, someone came and preached in our church and went over the hour, you know, I mean... It was, it was like different, you know. He's preaching, and it, it, his time is up. It's everybody, when is he going to sit down? No, it's over the hour. So we were very, very much that hour of Sunday, and that was it. And so I got saved, and I went into a tradition that did not do Advent. I mean, the tradition I went into, uh, they didn't do any church calendar stuff, you know. We had Christmas, and then the biggest service of the night, believe it or not, was was uh, New Year's Eve, the watch night. And, and, and you had a service, and you had to be praying right at 12.01. That's the time. You had to be praying because you were going to have God come in. And, and, of course, that next year was the year that Jesus was coming back. And you know what? Jesus might come back in 2021. Jesus might come back in the end of 2020. You know what? It's an exciting thing. So, But I have a lot of memories of Advent. And then when I had kids of my own, we started doing Advent at home also. And um, so I have a lot of good memories. One thing that I like about this year is the Advent conspiracy. It's, it's a fresh thought um, because a lot of times, depending on your tradition, the different candles were named different things. You had the shepherd's candle, you had the angel's candle, you had Mary's candle, and, you know, just different things. I, I remember one, one year, for actually a couple years, all the candles were P. You had the, the promise candle, you had the prophecy candle, you have the preparation candle, you know, the proclamation candle, you know. So, so all these candles meant different things. But it all had to do with the Christmas story. And so the Advent Conspiracy is, is a fresh take on it because it's not about so much the Christmas story. It is, but 
But this idea of, of worship fully, spend less, give more, and love all is, is, a, is a fresh take on this. And, and so I have appreciated, and I have appreciated the devotional and the time. I've, I downloaded the, 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 the devotional on my Kindle so I can read it on a regular basis. And, and so we've been enjoying the Advent Conspiracy, and I do appreciate it. And today I'm as asked to preach on Give More. So when Steve asked me this, I said, well, is there scripture that goes with it? He's like, oh, no scripture in particular. Just preach what God lays on your heart. So, so if you don't like what I preach, it's Steve's fault. So, no. Okay. So give more. You know, when I was thinking about this give more, you know, it comes back right to, you know, what did God give? And we go right to the classic scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, what a great gift that, 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 that God sent his son. And his, his gift is so much more than Christmas. You know, it's amazing to me. After I became a Christian and understand what, what Christmas, Christian, Christianity was really about... I was thinking, well, you know, Christmas is really not a big deal. What the big deal is Easter. You know, it is really not about the manger. It's about the cross. And more than that, it's about the risen Lord that came after the cross. The risen Lord that's going to come again. So, so here we have this, this, what did God give? God gave his only son who came down as a flesh. The only son, who God, who is Jesus, who is part of the Trinity, the Bible tells you it was not robbery for him to be called God. Came down, laid down, so, so the, the, the father gave his son. The son gave up the right to be called God for that time, took on human flesh. He came down and lived his life and went to the cross. He gave a lot. In fact, God gave all for us. He came down. He, it was all for us. He gave it all. And so what can we give? When we talk about more, what can we give more? You know, there's a lot of Christmas stories out there about giving. Uh, Christmas movies. Well, growing up, I used to love The Little Drummer Boy. And and I remember loving the little drummer boy. And then when my kids uh, got old enough, it wasn't on TV anymore. It was on TV when I was a kid, but it wasn't on TV anymore. And I found a VHS of the little drummer boy. And I'm, I'm going to show this to my kids. I forgot how dark that show is. Man, in the beginning of the show, the little drummer boy, his whole family dies. He can't smile. Then he's kidnapped and forced. It's just a really dark show. But in all, he gave, he gave his worship to the Lord. So all these movies are about uh, uh, giving more. Um, some of the great stories is uh, 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 a man named Henry O. I don't know what the O stand for, but Henry O wrote a story about the gift of the Magi. I don't even remember. It's about a couple. The one, the woman had long hair, and the man uh, had a watch. So, so in this story, the woman cuts her long hair, 
and sells it to buy a watch chain. In the meantime, the man goes out and sells the watch to buy a hair clip. Anyway, it's just an interesting story about giving, even though the, the love. Then there's another story about uh, Henry, Henry Van Dyke wrote, The Other Wise Man. It's a wise man that doesn't, doesn't make it to the, to the stable. Well, there wasn't a stable. That's a whole other story. But didn't make it with the other three. But he kept getting held up and had to help people. And so the reality, even though he didn't make it, he was used to help people. So it's a, there's great stories about giving. And as when I first became a Christian, I heard this phrase, and you might have heard it too, is that we should tithe, and a tithe is giving 10%, to our talent, our time, talent, and treasure. We should tithe our time, talent, and treasure. And, and I heard that, and, and I do agree with that. That's, I am a tither, and I believe in tithing, but it is a starting point to me. And, and, and so we heard this phrase. But the problem with this, you know, you know one negative is, is setting a portion is it limits our relationship with God. Let me follow through this here. Here we, we want to give 10% to God. That means 90%. It limits our relationship with God because our relationship with God has to do with that 10%. And how it comes out further on when we think about it, we have divisions in our lives between sacred and secular. There are certain things in our lives that are for God their sacred duty, and their secular duty. And so what we see is that in our lives, we start putting things in little boxes. This box is for God. This part, this 10% is for God. This box is for work. This box is for family. This box is for fun. This box is for some romance. You know, all these things, we divide our lives up and so God has one of those boxes, but our lives are, are so much more than that. See, when, we, when I first got saved, I just, and I grew up this way too in the Methodist church, is that we had an hour for church on Sunday. That was church, one hour of the week. And then we went on our lives. What we did the rest of the week didn't matter. We had the one hour of church. Then I got saved, and it was like, well, you need to give 10% of your time, 10% of your talent, 10% of your treasure. So the 90% of, I can do what I want with it. So when I was praying and thinking about this whole thing about give more, the Lord just really laid this on my heart, is that we can't give more until we give all. Let me say that again. We can't give more until we give all. See, we have to, we have to give it all to Christ. What does the scripture say? We are first called to follow. And in Matthew 
in Matthew verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 24 and 26 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. He didn't say, let him deny himself 10%. He, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will a profit, what, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So reality today, this Christmas season, with COVID going on, all this stuff going on, it does not surprise God. God knew COVID was here. God is able but if we give all, it all becomes him. Listen to this, what it says. If we're going to deny ourselves and say, it's God, I'm following him. All of our time is God's. All of our talent is God's. All of our treasure is God. There is not, this is my retirement. There is not, this is... This is my more, it's all God's. Go back to, to our lives. Our spirit is God. Our soul is God. Our mind, our will, our emotion are God's. Our body is God's. There's no more boxes when we give it all. It is all God. And you know what? When we say there's no that everything in my life is sacred, it brings a bigger view on how you live life. My work is sacred. It's not something that I do when I'm not in church. My work is a sacred duty. I do it under the Lord. My home life is a sacred duty. I do it under the Lord. My TV viewing or my computer activity is not something I do on my own. It is a sacred duty. I should be, it's God's. How are we treating what, what is God in our life? Our sex life. Can I say that in church? Well, there's not a lot of people here, so I just did. Our sex life is sacred. It is God's. So when we think about our, our, all those areas in our lives, it is all sacred. This is all God. And you know what this does? This does something totally different to our giving. Because it's not about whether we give 10% anymore. It's all God's. How are we going to use it for God? Listen, listen, going back to, to this. For what is it a profit to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? You know what? When we divide our lives up and say, hey, I am going to go after these worldly things. We are allowing our mind, our will, and emotion to be removed from what God wants and attaching it to something else. And we might attain all. We might be the best in the business. We might make the most money. We might make all the worldly decisions and be prosperous. 
but our soul is wrecked because of it. We need to say all these things. They need to be under the Spirit. They need to be under the Lord. They are the Lord's. They are the Lord's. And if you hold to these things, if you hold to these things too tightly, you will lose. You will lose it. And... Um, in Matthew 19, 21 and 22, it says this. It's talking about the rich young ruler. I'm not going to read the whole story, but the rich young ruler comes to, to the Lord and says, hey, I want to follow you. And, and the Lord says, hey, you need to obey the commandments. You need to do these things. And the rich young ruler says, I've done all those. I got it. I've done it. And then he said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And this is what the scripture says. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So here in the scripture, it says he did not follow the Lord, because what? He was holding on to those other things. And when we compartmentalize what's the Lord's, we hold on to those things. We are going to miss out on great blessings. We are going to miss out on treasure in heaven. That's what Christine was talking about last week, the treasure in heaven. We're going to miss out on those treasures of heaven. Now, I'm not saying that we all should sell everything and give to the poor. But everything we have, we have to acknowledge what we're doing with it. And is this, does God want me to buy a bigger screen TV? Or God wants me to give to On Common Ground or um, Outdoor Immersion or something like that for this Christmas? We have to look at these things and say, what, this is God's money. What am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? We need to consecrate all of our possessions to him. We need to consecrate. This, this word consecrate means this. It's to, to make or declare sacred. Dedicate it formally to religious or divine purpose. Consecrate. You know what? We need to consecrate everything in our lives. Um, this, this concept didn't come to me right away as, as, as I walked with the Lord. And, and there was a couple things that really stuck out to me on this consecration and giving things to the Lord. Uh, one, if you want to read it, there's, there's a guy named Otto Koning. I don't know if anyone heard of Otto Koning. He traveled with the Bill Gothard Life Institute. That's, I'm, date, I'm old, so these are old stories. But he tells a story called the Pineapple Story. It's available online. You probably could hear it. And it's one of his sermons about he was a missionary, and he was trying to grow pineapples. But in this story, it really puts out that, that you know, he was grasping with this, these are my pineapples. And all the people he was ministering to were taking the pineapples and, 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 and um, eating them. And he never get any. So he talks about this. But it... And, and, and he became known as the stingy white man instead of the missionary. 
But he came to the point where this is God's pineapples and these are God's people. And all of a sudden, there was a breakthrough and, and, and his ministry happened. And I remember hearing that and I'm like, you know what? This is about whose field it is, whose home it is. And when God brought us here to Aliquippa, uh, uh, we, we moved on into 123 Orchard Street. We didn't know anything about Crestmont at the time. Um, but we knew God called us here. One of the first things we did is we prayed over every room in that house and consecrated to the Lord and, and, and say, God, use this for your glory. Use this for your glory. We prayed for the yard. We prayed for the neighborhood, but we consecrated our home for the Lord. And just a, a few years ago, God opened a, a home across the street, and we, we moved there. And the same thing, we went through those. And I'm saying you this, I'm challenging you to look at your home and to, to take active steps to consecrate it. You could do it tonight. You know, you could go home. You can do it today and, and, and just go to every room and give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Every room, every place. And you know what? It's even deeper. I consecrate my kids to the Lord. Now, it's, I remember this is something, this act of concentration, consecration is something that we have to do over and over again. Because you know what? We pull it back. We say, God, we give you this, and then we give it right back. We pull it back. And we just have to guard and know when we're doing that. But I pray for my kids. And, and I remember one, I was still in Maryland, and the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. And, and I went to all my sleeping children, and I was praying for them, praying for them, giving them to the Lord. And, and I've told this story before. It's amazing my kids don't ask me who it is, but one of the three, the Lord spoke to me, I have to pray more for that one. So, so but, you know, so God, but I give my kids to the Lord. They are his. Guess what? He could do a better job than me. He can. He can. So, also, we have to concentrate our work. God has given you your job so you could be used in it. I drive the bus. One thing that we do, this, is, this, is, this works out great for me. One thing we do every morning before we get in the bus, we do a pre-trip. We walk around the bus. We walk past every seat to make sure they're tight on the ground and because they get loose sometimes. We pre-trip the bus. When I pre-trip the bus, I'm like, Lord God, I give you this bus today. I give you the people that come into this bus today. I pray, say, God, give me divine appointments this day. Help me to bring, you know, I concentrate that every time I do those pre-trips. And you know what? It seems silly, but God has, has given me such favor and, and, and my prayer is that, hey, people have a hard time sometimes. At least see a smile somewhere along your day. So whatever your work, you need to consecrate it. You need to consecrate it. And we can go on. Every area of your life, your time, your calendar, your checkbook, concentrate it to the Lord. We are called to give. We are called to give. One of the powerful portions in the Bible is Matthew 25. It's a, it's a story about the sheep and the goats. 
and it spreads out, talks about the sheep and the grove. Matthew 25, 34 to 36 says this. And 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 this is after this is a big portion, so I'm not gonna I'm just reading the end of it. Then the king will say to those on his right hands, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you uh, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then it goes on, and, and they're like, when do we do this, Lord? He said, whenever you've done it to the least of them, you've done it to me. We, everything we have is God's. Do you reach out to those that you come in contact with what is God's? Your time, your talent, your treasure. Is it touching the least, the lost, and the lonely? Amen. Amen. We are called to give. And today, some of us, some of you, need to open up your checkbook. Take that back. You need to open up God's checkbook and to see where in that checkbook is it touching the lost, the lonely, the least. Some of us need to open our calendars up and see in that calendar, it's the Lord's calendar. It's not your calendar. See, if you try to keep it the Lord's check, try to keep it your checkbook, you try to keep it your calendar and try to fit the Lord in it, you're going to miss out on treasures in heaven. Anyway, so you need to open up your calendar and see. If all we have is God's, it's easier to reach out and give. Because I'm not, this is not mine. I'm giving it. I'm giving it. I'm giving it. Um, common prayer for ordinary radicals. Um, I know that they used to do this when the COVID first started. They used to do this daily, read from this. But this this month... It's a lot of quotes on giving. I'd just like to read a prayer. And this is from, I think, three days ago. It says this. Lord, help us to minister to others in ways that validate and authenticate them as fellow children of God. Keep us from daring to assume that our good fortune is our own doing or that our ability to serve is anything other than a gift. All of our treasures, all of our abilities are gifts from God to be used by God. You know, this seems, you know, if I would look back in my Methodist church days, this would seem way too, too radical. But as I grow more into the study and the word, it's not radical to say it's all his it's not radical. 
Paul writes to Timothy this in, in 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. You know, you get this concept of like, what if we give all to God, you know, what about us? And you know what? That's not a bad thought. In fact, it's a thought that we see in the scripture. Because so often we, we see our future, our lives wrapped up in what we have. And saying, how am I going to take care of my kids if I don't have treasure? How am I, how am I going to take care of my future if I don't have a 401k? How am I going to do all this? You know, God knows that, that, that we have those, those emotions. And, and Peter thought the same thing. When, when, when the rich man went away, Peter said this. This is Matthew 19, 27. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? We left all to follow you. Isn't, that's one of the great stories uh, 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 of the New Testament is to look at all the, the apostles, disciples and see they're called. Um, they were called. And, and I like the one phrase, the two brothers were called, and they were fishermen. And it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Immediately they left their nets. The old King James said, straight away, right away, they left their nets and followed him. So, so we have the disciples of Christ leaving and everything and following him. And so, so Peter's like hearing about the rich young ruler and hearing about you know, rich people aren't going to heaven, but, you know, and all this stuff. And he says, what? We left everything. What about us? What about us? And Jesus answers, guess what? You left everything, but you're going to get so much more. He says, you're going to get a hundredfold. Okay, you're going to get, you, you, he said, we left our brothers and sisters. You're going to have more brothers and sisters. I tell you, we came here to, to Aliquippa, um, well, six years ago, we didn't know anybody. We weren't connected to church or any. Now it seems like we know everybody. Why? Because of Christ and what Christ does around us. We have all these things. We have all these things. So we'll have it all. You know, but it's a, a daily give more. It's a daily give all. Um, just this past week, my, my, my daughter, Naomi, um, who's seven hours away, and as a father, that's, that's, that's far. But she calls me, and her and her husband, they want to be, um, AV, AV, say this right, they want to be missionaries uh, in the aviation field. And, and her husband has just finished and got his commercial license. And he's planning to go to helicopter school. 
it's very expensive for all this training. So he's working, he, uh, both um, my daughter and her husband are mechanics, aviation mechanics. So he's working at an airport. She's staying at home and having babies. But um, she calls me and said, they have a, a job possibility where he would go and be a mechanic, work only four days a week, and he would have three days to do his helicopter pilot training, and which is very expensive. They have to pay for it. So he said it's a really good-paying job. Then she says it's in, in Arizona. I'm like, you don't want to go to Arizona. You know, that's far away. So, you know, I, I discouraged her. And I hung up, and, and I'm praying about this message, and I'm like, oh. And, and I, I had to text her back, and I repented because I had to give her back to the Lord. It's like, it's not about whether she's close enough to see me. It's a, she's the Lord's. And if, if this is a great opportunity for them to continue on their journey with the Lord, who am I to stand in the way? And so I, I apologized to her. And, and, and text it back and say, you know, it's, it's up to you. If you want to go to Arizona, praise God. See, we have to keep giving it to God on a daily basis. Someone told me one time, um, this, is, this is a few years ago, he's, they said this, it's, it's easy for you to be a Christian. Nothing ever goes wrong for you. You know, they said to this after my dad just died from cancer. But, you know, why is that the perception? Why is the perception, because I'm a Christian, it's easy because everything goes right. It's not that everything goes right, that I've given everything to the Lord. It's, my life is the Lord's. So he's going to take care of it. When I have hardship, it's your Lord. When, when I fail in ministry, it's your Lord. When I fail at work, when, when I blow it with my family, I give it back. Lord, it's yours. You make it. And so people may look at it and say, well, everything's going right for you. No. Everything's going the way the Lord wants it to go because I've given it to him. If I take any of those areas and try to hold, see, this is the problem. This particular person, they wanted to control aspects of their lives and did not want to give them over to the Lord. And because they controlled those aspects, those aspects were dragging them into the place where their soul was being destroyed. Ruth Paxson, who's one of my heroes um, and of dead saints, she's she died a long time ago. Uh, she wrote about giving our life to Jesus. Is that when we we have to open up every room in our life and let Him be Lord? She lived 131 years. What? 131 years? Woohoo! And then she talked about uh, overcoming life, living life on a higher plane. But she gave everything to the Lord. An old song that was sung in my Methodist church. And I just want to 
close with this thought. It says this. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. In his presence daily live. All to Jesus I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior, holy thine. Let me feel thy Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessings fall on me. All to Jesus I surrender. Now I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory to his name. Amen. All to Jesus. One of the things that attracted us and drew us here is this phrase, we're a family on mission. Church, I just want to close. Gospel tab, I want to say this today as we finish continuing this Advent season. As a family on mission, we are called to be on mission 24-7. Thanks, John. That was really powerful and challenging at the same time. And so I just I want to just spend a little bit of time um, giving you a time to respond to what John said. And there was a couple of things that really stuck out to me. Um, and I, I, th I think this is a good direction to go. But um, if you guys would just close your eyes with me um, right now. And um, like I said, I just want to give a little bit of space, but just um, God, we just pray that you would um, allow us to hear your heart in this. I love that your heart is not a heart that is um, forcing. <laughs> you don't make us do things, um, but you woo us um, to be able to um, to live a life that really is countercultural. I think of the fact, God, that the world is screaming at us to get as much as we can for ourselves, for our people, for our family, for our kids. Um, and you speak a better word. So, God, speak a better word to us right now. Um, God, I just want to um, create space for you to be able to speak to our hearts. I love, I was thinking about all week, um, something that Christine mentioned um, last week. And she talked about um, a quote from Mother Teresa, where the reporter was asking Mother Teresa um, what it looks like when she prays, and what, what does she say to God? And she said, I had to listen. And the reporter looked puzzled, and he said back to, um, to her, well, then what does God say to you? Nothing. I listen. And the reporter <laughs> was so puzzled. It's like, nobody's talking. How does this work? Um, and it's the Spirit speaking to the Spirit. So Spirit, right now, speak to our hearts. Um, let us hear what you want for us um, as we give you this area of generosity. God, start to let us hear your still, small voice. 
let us hear you drawing us like the disciples who are saying, but God, we've given you everything. What do we get back? And he says, I'm giving you a hundredfold. I love you that much. I love even in the story of the Webbers where they came and they moved and they gave up community and family and relationships. And you've given them a hundredfold and they have given back. I love their heart for their neighborhood and the relationships that you've birthed in and their dedication, their consecration of their home and their children and their hearts. God, that's an example for each of us. Let us hear your heart. Let us consecrate our lives to you. God, we give you our children. We give you our friendships. We give you our marriages. God, we give you our work. I love that example of John every day doing his daily check, praying over those seats. God, you've called us to all different places. I think about being in real estate and people that you put in my path every day. God, I pray that we would, with humble hearts, give these encounters to you. Will you speak a better word? We're amazed that you choose to use us. Open our eyes to see these places that you want to use us. As we go to the grocery store, as we go to doctor's offices, as we just do life along the way, open our eyes to see where we are your hands and feet. Let us be generous with our everyday activities. I love that we don't have to make this up. We don't have to go find other places. We just get to do it along the way. Show us what that looks like. God, speak to our hearts over your checkbook and over your calendar. God, we give them to you. We consecrate our checkbooks to you. We consecrate our calendars to you. Show us how we can lead, live generous lives to the lost and the lonely and the left out. Convict us, God, where we're not doing it well. We all have room for improvement. I think about it. already there's things coming to my mind of where our family and Michael and I can be more generous and can give better of our time and our resources. God, you have blessed each of us. Like Christine said last week, we are in the richest country in the world. There is not one of us that is poor, that is listening to this. If you're listening to this, you have a device, or you have a computer, you have internet, you have data. And so, um, so God, we are so blessed. Open our eyes. Show us where you want us to give. God, we just love you. We thank you that it's not 10% yours, 90% ours. It's 100% yours. And we get to partner with you. Show us. Speak a better word to our hearts. God, we pray that this would not just be something that we feel stirrings right now in the moment and then let it go. The enemy wants us all the time. The One of the biggest ways that the enemy works in our lives is in distraction. 
So God, um, I pray that just a protection over our hearts and our minds and our souls, God, that in this area, that where we are feeling these stirrings of you just saying, here's a way that you can partner with me even better. God, I just pray that you would allow us to not be distracted or to let this moment pass by, but that you would continue to, to soften our hearts, um, allow us to hear your voice speak loudly, God. Don't just whisper this one. Just yell it out, shout it out to us um, and show us the ways that you want to use us. We just love you. And we pray this in your name.